Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. My name is Angela Gennari, and today I am here with Nancy Marks. How are you, Nancy? I'm great, Angela. Glad to be here. Yes, it's such a pleasure on a rainy day. So after 30 plus years in corporate, Nancy Marks took a leap of faith and found her passion in fused glass art. Beginning with a single class, despite her initial self-doubt about having any artistic talent, to her surprise, she discovered a knack for working with glass and embraced the imperfect beauty of her creations. Glass Arts Collective, more than just a studio, it's a sanctuary where artists converge, forming an intimate community bound by the transformative power of art. It's a place where mental well-being flourishes as individuals evoke emotions through artistic expression. Very cool. I'm very excited to talk to you. And I'm one of those, Nancy, who feels like they have no artistic talent whatsoever. So my sister uh, and my dad were very creative and I can't color in the lines. Forget (laughs) the game of Pictionary for me. Um, Nobody could ever figure out what I was doing. Um, Yeah. I tried lots. I tried lots of things, but I I just assumed. And then I had that mental block of self talk that I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I have always said I struggle to draw a straight stick figure. So I, I'm like, ah, art is not for me. But you know, when you go into these studios, like there's so many of these little paint and sip and all these really great studios, and they really do bring out some some artistic talents that we all have uniquely. And what I love the most about your bio is that you said you embrace the imperfections. Because that's the hardest part for us who are perfectionists. <laughs> right? It's exactly. like, oh, there's a there's a line out of order. That's not going to work. How do you get through that? Exactly. And it's even worse when you've spent most of your corporate career in accounting and technology and places where everything has to connect just right. Right. <laughs> right. You feel like you're working against the forces that have created you. <laughs> exactly. That's what I've been, you know, living my life as. And it's like all of a sudden it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So where, so you spent your whole career, 30 years in, in various aspects of corporate. So yes. what did that look like? That well, was I actually, accounting. Oh, it's a. I start off in personnel before it was even called human resources. Uh-huh. Um, and I went to uh, ABC Motion Pictures. Then from there, I went to Columbia Pictures with my boss. And then the uh, stress levels and the um, the inability to maintain a job if your boss leaves was kind of a thing. So I switched over to IT, which I had a background in. I took computer programming in college on punch cards, just to date myself a little bit there. And uh, (laughs) I didn't like the languages I was learning in programming, but I definitely had an understanding of kind of how it's put together and what the logic is. And uh, from there, I kind of went to Sony Pictures, which brought uh, Columbia Pictures uh, corporately. So I went to their IT department and um, was there for quite a while doing administration, budgeting, 
forecasting, purchasing, um, making sure that everything lined up well. Yeah. <laughs> and then I worked with Toshiba. I worked for IBM. I worked for um, a distributor for technology. And I worked for other various companies. And then my last corporate uh, was working for my husband, who had his own IT, uh, own IT company for network infrastructure. And okay. there I moved more into operation, sales and operations. So I was responsible for all of the accounting department, the sales department, to a certain degree, we kind of crossed over on that one. And okay. oh my goodness, it was a lot of stuff that had to match up just right and had right. those numbers better balance. And mm-hmm. So you took a lot. whole career of having to be absolutely perfect and you went into art which is the opposite it allows your your brain to have that freedom of you know things can just be they don't have to be a certain way right exactly and it's almost like my mind and body just sort of exploded it was like oh my gosh an artistic outlet oh good (laughs) Um, and it all started with a class which I took because my mom is in an assisted living facility here in California and they had someone come on site teaching fused glass. And I had never heard of it. I had no idea what it was. Um, I only knew really of glass blowing and stained glass. And so I said, you know, mom would enjoy if I could do this with her and sure. we could find some projects together. So begrudgingly, <laughs> I decided to take that step and book a class. And I did. And I went in and I kept saying, oh, my gosh, what am, what's this going to look like? Uh, and I thought, okay, mindset. Mom doesn't care if it looks good or not. Right. She doesn't. Exactly. So who am I trying to impress? Right. No one. I mean, if I can do something else with mom, yay. I love that idea. So I took it and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, I found a studio a little bit closer to, the, to home and started hanging out there a lot. Yeah. And after a year and a half, year and a half, I guess about, they closed that location. Um, so I said to my husband, okay, I'm retired now. What do I do? I was having so much fun. And he says, well, you know how to run a business. Open yeah. your own. Yeah. Absolutely. So about two years after I learned what fused glass was, I opened the glass art studio. <laughs> wow. I love that. I love that. So there's so many aspects of this that I want to dive into. I mean, first <laughs> of all, you know, you you took this creative outlet. You said, I don't really want to do this, but you did it because of quality time. So you did it for the right reasons, right? Like they always right. say, if you want to make a lot of money or you want to find your true calling, do it because not for the actual thing. Do it because there's a you have an impelling reason and you had an impelling reason and that that or compelling yes. reason. That compelling reason was your mother, right? And spending quality time. Absolutely. And so that just it just dug up a passion that you didn't know you had. And then you took, you know, an opportunity where you said, there's nowhere to go. I'm going to create that place. And so that's how entrepreneurs are born, right? Like that's that's how we do this. That's that's exactly how great companies are born. They're filling a need. And usually it's a filling a need that they p- particularly have. So exactly. And the stu- I, I was actually able to um, take the lease for the studio um, that was existing that I liked so much. I loved the energy yeah. in there. I loved the layout and everything. So it saved me a lot of money. I didn't have to do a big build out. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wasn't planning for was COVID, which from the day I opened the door for the public, 
Five weeks later, COVID shut California down. Wow, that's brutal. That is so brutal. Wow. And I, I, you know, I went through all of those. Oh my God, what did I just do? I took on a lease. I have all this new inventory, all these things. And then I kind of stopped myself and stepped back. And I've learned a lot about mindset and self-talk through all of this. And I used to say, I wish I had more time. I don't have enough time in the day. If I only had more time, if I only could get this done too. And now all of a sudden I had that time. So I thought, you know, I had friends coming in to help teach classes because I wasn't that far advanced yet. Mm -hmm. Well, COVID gave me the time to take a lot of classes online and gave me a lot of time to play. I updated things in the studio that I hadn't thought about, um, color samples and labeling things and putting lights in to different areas. And coming out of, you know, as we started to come out of COVID, it was like, I'm a different person. I have so much more confidence. I have so much more inventory to show somebody for inspiration. Um, the gift shop in the front, and which was for pickup only originally. Mm-hmm. And I grew. I grew tremendously. And had a lot of friends who really were very, very supportive. That community of people, like-minded people was amazing. Yeah, I love that. So yeah, COVID was such a blessing for a lot of people. It gave me the opportunity to slow down too. We were on a fast growth trajectory with my company, but I I feel like we were growing, but we were not growing in a sense that would have been sustainable. We were just growing fast, right? And so it was right. fast growth. But it wasn't, you know, we weren't building the foundation that we needed to be building in order to really sustain that growth long term. So it gave me that quiet time to reconfigure. And that's exactly what you did. You reconfigured your business. You thought, okay, how can I make this even better? How can we take a great concept and make it amazing? So that's awesome. Good for you. So Anna gave you a little bit more foundation for your training, more confidence, And so you have artists that are not, you know, you have art in your studio that's not your own. How do you find those artists? Well, you know, it's, I think the energy, you know, how they talk about they, I love that word they, who are they? But, uh, you know, if you give the right vibes, you have the right energy, you put out to the universe that you're looking for like-minded people, they do come. And um, a lot of them actually started with fused glass at my studio. They had never done it. They've done other types of art, but had never done fused glass. Oh. And um, I have an open studio community now. So what, it's a membership where they pay a monthly, like sort of like a gym membership. And they can come whenever there's open studio membership time, which I have on the calendar quite a bit of it each week uh, because I want to support them too. Yeah. So they're supporting me on a monthly basis. And I went, ding, 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 ding. How can I support them more? So their stuff started going in my gift shop as well to help support them because they're making all this stuff. Where are they going to sell it? You know, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them don't have the mindset to be a business person. And so Mm -hmm. setting up an Etsy site or Spotify, they're great, but you still have to be able to do all of that work. So Mm -hmm. I helped them by taking that um, issue of how am I going to sell my art now and put it into a common place. And everyone is so supportive of each other. We're all doing one of a kind things. We're not doing mass production. We're not trying to go down to the flea markets or the farmer's markets or um, 
So we're not just laying a bunch of stuff out and doing the same thing over and over again. Each one is an individual piece and it has love and attention. And a lot of times we'll say, oh my gosh, you need a piece like this in your piece, yours. Mm -hmm. And we'll share pieces of art that we have that, you know, we didn't, you know, it didn't fit the piece we wanted. It was glass yeah. we had, because there's a lot of specialty glass or we made some stuff that looked like, oh, this would be perfect in yours. So we go around and go, okay, so this part of my piece is from so-and-so and this part of my piece is from so-and-so. Wow. And it just, it, it just, it, it, it is such a warm and loving environment. Oh, that's so amazing. Well, and it's wonderful that you're promoting them and that you're helping them, you know, because like you said, not everybody has business acumen. Not everybody wants to do business. If you, you know, if you're an artist or you're skilled at a certain task or a certain uh, you have a certain skill set doesn't mean that you necessarily want to be a business owner and so just right. having somebody take that burden off of you and saying hey can you just help me to monetize this so that I'm not you know even if they're not making a million dollars it just pays for their costs sometimes you know it pays for their time their costs their effort and you know just being able to give them that that gift of helping them is amazing and it is so much fun watching someone come in and pick out a piece when the artist is in the studio. Oh, yeah. Go, oh, it just so happens the artist is in the studio and the artist will come over and they will be introduced. They'll talk about their piece with the other person and they'll have a great time. Mm -hmm. And so it works out really nicely to have that kind of camaraderie on top of everything else. Absolutely. So if you guys are watching or you're listening to the podcast, you're not seeing her beautiful background, but she has some of the most amazing, beautiful art behind her. So are these the pieces that people can find in your gift store? Yes. Uh, some of them actually have sold already, mm -hmm. um, but they can find them in the gift store. So if they're in the Los Angeles area, they can come and visit person. But we've also now built out the gift shop. So it's online. Um, from our website. We have an, our own e-commerce site built into it. And you we're shipping throughout the United States. Oh, nice. So um, you can pick up something and have it shipped to a friend. And one of the things they always talk about in marketing, which is probably the area I'm learning the most about now, because I didn't have to do that before, yeah. is, you know, who are your ideal customers? Mm -hmm. And everyone needs a gift for somebody. Oh, yeah. So, and so often when you go into this, there aren't a lot of places that have handcrafted nice gifts around that for you. And so being able to go and find something that's a one of a kind that you can pick, you know, and find and send to your friends with a gift note. There's just, there's nothing better than mm -hmm. getting, opening something that is just totally different. And a lot of our stuff is designed to be used every day. I mean, oh, you can really? use it in the kitchen. It's food safe. Hmm. Um, so we have stuff that's food safe. And, and for the kitchen, we have wall art. We have table art. We have jewelry. We have wine bottle stoppers. I mean, we even have letter openers and oh, wow. bracelets. And, I mean, we have we, almost anything we name it, we have it. But it's not mm -hmm. quite that good, but it's really close. So more than likely, we have got something for that special someone in your life. 
Oh, that's wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about business ownership and kind of when when you started. So what were some of your challenges when you were getting started with your business? I mean, obviously COVID, that was a big factor, but you know, just just deciding where to to just to get a lease and you know what to sell. How did you start making some of those decisions and what obstacles did you run into? I think the the easiest part for me was where to do it because there was an existing facility. Mm. So I, and I knew that. So that helped out probably with one of the biggest challenges. And I didn't have to worry about getting it built out. I had to have an electrician come in and add some additional things, that kind of stuff. Um, But I'm really comfortable making those calls. I understand electricity, you know, from working with technology, I'm happy to talk about, (laughs) you know, do you have a battery backup and, you know, uh, those types of things, not too many things on the same circuit. Uh, so that kind of thing made me very comfortable. Um, I know how to do a lot of setup of things. I would say the biggest thing was really marketing and mm. publicity and and how do I let people know them that I'm here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that has been a consistent challenge. It's been pretty much word of mouth that has been getting, um, because if you don't know what Fuse Glass is, and actually, I should explain that. Yeah, um, I was about to say, why don't you tell us about it? Because I don't even know that I know what fused glass is. Yeah. So a fused, there's the, the typical kind of glass things you know about is blown glass. And that's considered hot glass. That's around 2000 degrees. And a lot yeah. of people have seen the Netflix show Blown Away, which is a phenomenal show. And you have to be going all the time. And it's hot. And and it's it's a lot of energy. And the thought process, you need to really be right there for all of it. Mm. Um, stained glass, people think of church windows. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been around for a very long time. And then there's mosaic, which can be tile or glass. And there's all kinds of different products you can use with that as well. And then fused glass isn't as old as a lot of the others. So fused glass is making everything at a comfortable temperature. Okay. <laughs> Music playing, you can have a glass of wine. Um, you can have snacks. So it's a much, much more relaxed environment, yeah. which I enjoy. And the camaraderie and talking with friends while you're doing it. And then it's put into a big kiln. And so the kilns are similar to ceramic kilns, but the heating elements are in different places. Okay. So you make it at room temperature, everything's comfortable. And then I put it in the kilns and that's about an 18 to 20 hour cycle, depending on the schedule, because you want to take up the temperature slowly so that the glass doesn't have thermal shock and crack. Okay. So depending on the size of the pieces, I mean, some of the pieces are very large and the outer edge is going to heat first and it takes longer like a cake for the center to get the same heat. So you you stop at different points to let the temperature even out throughout the whole piece of glass. And then you go up to another level. So fused glass is usually around 14 or 1500 degrees. Okay. So there's a big difference between blown glass and fused glass and a big difference between fused glass and the cake in your oven. Yeah. Yeah. So question. So if you have these kilns, does the air not circulate around like a, I would say like a convection oven where, you know, it heats evenly. So it heats the outsides and then it slowly goes to the inside. Is that what happens? Yes. So it's um, the heating elements are on the top and on the sides. Mm-hmm. Some of the kilns are very small. So, I mean, there's a lot of different sizes of kilns. I have some, um, I have six in the studio kilns and they definitely vary in size, but I try to fill 
for classes and special projects, the bigger ones. And so we put a lot of different pieces in. And so the heat is coming towards the center, but sometimes, you know, you're sort of on one side or the other more. And so the there's a thermostat inside to make sure that the evenness of the heat in there is working. But the air is circulating inside. So question, how does it all stay together before it fuses? Well, most things are built on a base sheet of glass. Okay. And so we have people put a little dab of glue mm -hmm. um, just so I can carry it to the kiln. Right. Yeah. And we, uh, I like to make sure it stays the design they want. Mm. <laughs> you know, life is real. Thing, yeah. you know, sometimes you can be a little shaky or somebody can interrupt and you turn. But uh, I always say a dab of glue for a couple of reasons. One, we don't want a lot of glue. The glue will melt off at about 500 degrees. Mm. And if you put too much glue at while it's melting, whatever you're trying to glue can move around. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's become liquefied. Hmm. So you want to do that. And then the other thing is, is that a lot of times, if you use too much glue throughout a big solid piece, the edges seal before all the glue can burn off and the gases escape out. And that can be a, a nightmare because mm. it will burn in and it'll create bubbles while it's trying to explode and oh it becomes a big mess yeah so I, I try to teach right from the very beginning a little bit of glue it's just so I can carry it yeah and it's fun to watch because people are used to arts and crafts and it's lots of glue yeah 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 I yeah. just kind of keep reminding them why and they get it and they go but this is the big piece and it's like I'm trying to teach the technique so you learn it as you grow all the techniques you're learning in these various classes all build on each other mm -hmm. so that they're two to three hour classes. I try not to make it too much. So it's fun. You can do it without taking out half a day and then you can have fun and then you can go to lunch beforehand or dinner or, you know, you can incorporate other things with your friends. Yeah, absolutely. Or so family. How do you find your customers? How do you, um, is it is it mostly people who are coming in just for one day or are these people who are really committed to the process? All the above. Okay. And Good. including, we do team building sessions. We do oh, birthday okay. parties. Yeah. Um, girls nights out. We will have uh, community groups come in and do their meeting first and then have everybody make something. So oh. it adds on to the meeting and making it more interesting. And they find they get more people coming yeah, to the meetings when there's something else to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, a, I think team building is a great idea because it's a very, you know, lovely distraction. It's something that you can do and it brings out creativity and it allows you to kind of work together to create beautiful art. So that's wonderful. All right. Um, so you have so many wonderful pieces. How do you get your inspiration? I I, I find all of us are very different. Mm -hmm. um, I find a lot of my inspiration is very dependent on my mood. Okay. Um, so I don't draw things out first. Um, I have other friends who are very meticulous and they draw things out and that's great and it works for them. Um, I find I pick my colors and decide that sort of first. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I kind of decide what do I want to do with them? What am I in the mood for? Um, gee, what are we low in stock in the gift shop on? Uh, 
Mm. Oh, gee, my friend mentioned something or somebody came in and said, wouldn't it be nice if yeah, my array of glass is probably not the most unique in the studio because there's a couple of my friends now that have a huge variety. And that's based on the fact that they did painting before or uh, something else in art prior. So they have kind of these ideas in their head already that they really enjoy doing. Yeah. And so they're converting those types of techniques into glass. Mm -hmm. So uh, we can actually paint on glass. There's paints and enamels that can go into the high heat. Oh, interesting. And we can do paint pours. Um, so we can use some of those and, and pour the glass. And so things that they've done in other um, mediums of art, um, and even things as silly as music. We've had people kind of think of songs and there's kind of a flow and, and what makes them feel while they're listening to a song. And they kind of put a flow together. So some pieces are designed to be very specific designs and some of them are very abstract. Okay, very nice. And it's it's all, I mean, it's all different ways. In um, sort of the upper corner, for those of you that are on YouTube, there are little plants. Mm -hmm. Somebody had been working on their garden. And so they came in and made a bunch of little potted plants in glass. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And the one um, to your to your bottom left shoulder, um, to your shoulder, it is beautiful. I mean, that that's a very stunning piece. Is it a sculpture? It's it's yeah, it's kind of like a Starburst. Yeah. Um, that is it was one of my earlier pieces that I made actually. And I begrudgingly decided to finally sell it uh, because uh -huh. I knew I could make another one, but I liked it so much. Yeah. And that's probably the hardest thing for all of us is you make something that you just fall in love with and it just touched you with some reason. And it's like, okay, it's time to let it touch someone else's life now. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. So, so what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't be so serious. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've always had kind of a silly personality and, and playful personality, but I would take myself really seriously. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say, tone that down, yeah. trust yourself more. I think that there, I did way too much negative talk to myself for a long time. And, you know, you're not good enough because of this or that, or you're not as good as they are. So why even try? And, um, I have really taken on that kind of thought process that, you know what, that is not me. Mm -hmm. That's my, my ego talking and it's time to learn to work around that and tell my ego it's not in control anymore. Yeah. So I wish I'd done that at 18. I know. I wish I had learned a little bit more about how we speak to ourselves makes all the difference because I think I dealt with so much um, imposter syndrome and, you know, constantly yes. doubting my skills and abilities. And there's just so much negative self-talk of, you know, what are you doing here? You don't deserve to be here. You know, everybody here is more qualified. And, and so I would, I would say yes. awful things in my head and then yes. try to go out and be confident in a room. And it just, it doesn't fit. It doesn't match, right? Like exactly. how, you, how you project yourself and what you say to yourself has to match. And Absolutely. I wish I had known. Yeah. But, but yeah, the way you talk to yourself, you're so right. I mean, it makes so much difference. And 
And uh, when you had brought up earlier about the the self-talk, that neuro-linguistic programming, you know, I'm so, you know, I, I can't do this and I have no ideas and I'm not sure I can do this. And, you know, those things, it just reinforces what you're saying. So if you change the pattern, and I was actually just talking with a friend about this the other day, she said she would wake up every morning and say, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so exhausted. And and then she would just be tired all day. And now she's changed it. Yeah. She wakes up in the morning and she said, I have so much energy, even if she feels terrible, even if she right. feels, <laughs> I have so much energy for today. I'm going to get so much done. I feel so great. I'm going to be so excited to go to the gym, even though she didn't want to go to the gym. <laughs> and so exactly. But, change she said her her whole like she's been doing it for six weeks and it's changed everything for her so you know I think you're you're right yeah. you know just learning that at a younger age would just change things for us tremendously you know even just saying you're grateful before I go to yeah. bed all the things I'm grateful for and you know when I first did it, it's like what am I really grateful for I mm -hmm. you know I had a cold today and I mean you think about who the people are that you're so grateful for and you know, we live in a country that is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we ha it has its flaws just like everything else. And when you stop looking at those everything else and you just look at the positive, yeah. it doesn't yeah. mean you you don't know that the other stuff exists or you try to pretend it doesn't. But be grateful for what is, mm -hmm. is huge. And that took me a little bit to get used to. But I have to tell you, I sleep better. And when I wake up, I just kind of go, you know what? I really am grateful for those things. And I just kind of retouch on it before I can get out of bed. And I have so much more energy. It's really. Absolutely. I do the same thing. I, I constantly remind myself how grateful I am. You know, even when I'm driving and I'm sitting in traffic, I'm so grateful I'm sitting in my car in, in a warm car and I'm not walking, you know, and I'm so grateful that I, you know, have somewhere to go and I can go to work today. And I'm grateful that, yeah, but so you have to remind yourself, even in those trying times, those are the times that are easy to complain. It's easy to get down on yourself. But yeah, taking that opportunity to be grateful is challenging, but rewarding. Yeah. I really wish people would stop complaining as much. Mm -hmm. um, it really is. You just want to like give them a big hug and say, it's really going to be okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's even, I mean, I was driving yesterday and someone cut me off mm -hmm. and my initial was like, what in the world? And I stopped. I said, you know, I'm really grateful he didn't hit me. I'm really grateful I didn't hit him. I am still here. Yeah. So I don't know what happened in his mind at that point in time, but you know what? I'm going to keep going and I am, I am happy with my life. And boy, where I used to be like angry, you know, road rage almost, you know, type mm -hmm. of thing doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I can have those momentary. It's okay. There's yeah. nothing wrong with those momentary being annoyed, but let go of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you were saying earlier that you attract the energy that you put out there. And so when you put out there that you want good people around you and you want artistic, creative, loving people, and all of a sudden they just start coming to you because that's the energy that you're putting out. And so that's what you're attracting back in. Absolutely. 
So one of the things that I ask on every podcast is, you know, as women, we often give our power away and, you know, what, whatever that looks like, you know, in, in so many different ways. And so, you know, it could be taking criticism. It could be, you know, not, not um, moving up into a promotion that, you know, you deserve. We just gave our power away. Is there a time that you gave your power away? And then maybe another time that you stepped into your power? Oh, so many times I gave my power away. You are absolutely right. And pretty much for all the reasons you just said. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, different jobs. Um, and absolutely, I found my power when I would jump from being in human resources uh, to motion picture division. Oh, yeah. I decided that, you know what? I can learn anything. Yeah. And so I, I would look back sometimes and exactly what you said. Why didn't I speak up? Why didn't I say something why did I allow someone to talk to me that way mm -hmm. and why did I let it bother me mm, I can't yeah. change how somebody's going to talk to me they can give me a you know a complaint they can I had someone tell me in high school that I shouldn't wear dresses or skirts because it looks like I have toothpicks sticking out underneath because I have long thin legs and somehow I took that as I shouldn't wear dresses or skirts for years and I'm like Oh, my stars. Why would I care what she said? I look great in dresses and skirts. Yeah. And it, it, you're just like, oh, wow. Um, not what I was expecting when you realize you've done that. But somebody else's thoughts do not have to be yours. And that, again, I wish I told myself, my six-year-old self that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, just because somebody says it doesn't mean it's true. And this is one thing I've had to say so many times. I'm like, just because somebody has verbalized something doesn't make it true. <laughs> like, And it can exactly. be their truth and still not be our truth. <laughs> yes. And it's like when I was a kid, I would go door to door to friends to see who we could play. Yeah. And if somebody couldn't play that day, I didn't take it personally. I didn't take it that they didn't like me anymore. I didn't take it as anything other than they couldn't play that at that point. Sure. And now it's like you call somebody up and if they're not available or they don't return their your phone call fast enough, what's going on? You know, it's like, yep, <laughs> maybe they're busy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's okay. Yeah. We, yeah. we tend to be uh on-demand generation now, all of a sudden, like sudden, suddenly everybody has to respond immediately. And that's why I don't wear an Apple watch and I don't wear, you know, anything that makes me even more in demand than I already am because I don't want to be at anyone else's beck and call. I've got my own life to run. <laughs> so exactly. And a lot of what you can do, and I, you probably do it as well as you set time frames where I'm going to get this done in this time frame. And I'm not going to be interrupted yep. unless it's, you know, somebody in the family has a true emergency. I can, any, anything else can wait. Yep. And um, that, that really helps. It's very easy to get distracted when the people are in front of you and walk up to you and say, Hey, can you show me how to do this? Or where did you, where is this now? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'll show you in a minute or two. Let me just finish what I'm doing. Yeah. And to be able to say that no one has been insulted ever. Like, Oh, okay. No problem. Thanks. Yep. And yep. I didn't have to stop what I was working on. Exactly. 
Yeah, I feel the same way with phone calls. I, I don't like to take phone calls because phone calls are very disruptive. And so if I'm in the flow of doing something and I, you know, I'm working on something and I've been working on it for a half hour and then all of a sudden I take a phone call, it can take 15 minutes to get back to the point where I'm focused on my work again. So I don't generally take phone calls for that reason during the workday or when I'm in a project or so I'm just, you just have to call me back later <laughs> or text yeah, me. That's what voicemail's for. Yes. Yep. Um, so this has been very enjoyable, but one last question oh. for you. Yes. Um, what do you wish more people knew? Wow. I wish more people knew that creativity can help you relax. Oh yeah. Um, that the arts and it doesn't, I mean, I love fuse glass. That's my passion, but find what's yours. I mean, it might be just sketching mm -hmm. and people find they don't have the time to sketch. Well, you know, while you're waiting for dinner, do mm -hmm. a little sketch. And it doesn't have to be all the time, but boy, what a mindset difference that that makes in helping you to just decompress, to relax. I think one of the things that I love so much when people have come into a class is at the end of the class, they'll go, I am so much more relaxed. Oh, wow. And, and it was a big enough difference for them that they wanted to share it. And it's like, those are those gems that are priceless to me. You know, I made a difference. It might be a little difference, but I've made a difference in someone's life. Mm. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes, I 100% agree with you. And yeah, I'm still looking for my creative outlet, but uh, I definitely need to find one because I, I agree. It is very relaxing. Um, well, thank you so much, Nancy. You have been such a pleasure. Um, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you. This was so much fun. Yes. So how can people find you and your studio? So um, the best place to go is my website, which is glassarts, with an S, collective.com. The um, registration for the classes is online, and then you come in for the classes. Okay. I have my website there. We have a gallery of um, art that we're not selling, but just see a lot of different pieces. We have what's going on for events. We're putting our podcasts up there now too, which is Yay. exciting. Um, and then we also have included now that we have um, a art gallery exhibit for our open studio people. So for an entire month. So Fran Elson is uh, coming up next and all that schedule is on the website. And then we have Instagram, YouTube, and uh, Facebook. They're all glassartscollective.com and I'm on LinkedIn, Nancy Marks. Uh -huh. So you can find me there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we will have her links on uh, prettypowerfulpodcast.com. So um, if you didn't catch anything that she said, please go to prettypowerfulpodcast.com and you can find all the links there as well. So thank you again, Nancy. This has been such a pleasure. I'll definitely come check out your studio next time I am in LA because I think that you just do some great work. So um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Angela. Well, everyone have an amazing day and please check out the next episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. Have an amazing day, y'all. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.